Greetings, fellow investigators, and welcome to our video podcast, Into the Darkness, where my friends and I play the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. I'm your host, Tom Rayleigh. We are about to begin a new scenario, one that will introduce us to the late 1800s and the age of gaslight. This is the time of the fictional Sherlock Holmes and the infamous Jack the Ripper. Our campaign is set in London and is entitled The Curious Case of Bare Bill. It was written by a whole host of people over at Stygian Fox, including Robert Grayson and Stephanie McAlia. Uh, I will list them all in the credits at the end. Our game master is Jason Melnichok, and this is going to be episode one. Before we begin, let's introduce our players and their characters. Uh, let's see. Josh, why don't you go first? Great. Thank you. So my character is Benedict Allerton. I'm a detective, uh, very much uh, in the spirit of the, the time and sort of the Sher Sherlock Holmes uh, narrative. Uh, my character is rather short in stature, but is very handsome, uh, sharp and intense look in his eyes, very, very, um, uh, or I should say an individual who's always taking in his surroundings, always looking for clues, as it were. Uh, he's been a detective for a number of years now, about the age of 36, um, and he got into the detective business because his father was murdered uh, as a child, and that murder went unsolved. So he's always sort of had this inner drive um, to fulfill this occupation. Works well with the local police and, and obviously has always been uh, drawn to the agency that he currently works with, um, but does have a good freelance business of his own. Excellent. Kevin, why don't you go next? Uh, my name is Leland Brockworth. Um, he had spent uh, about uh, 11 years in the, the British military as a teamster. He'd served during the uh, Second Afghan War. Um, and after leaving the military, he uh, was able to purchase a, a cab in uh, London and operated as a cab driver. Um, with Hudson and Brand, he became um, kind of their go-to man for, for getting around the, the, uh, the city quickly. Um, all, all became pretty much their, their um, exclusive cab driver on call most of the days. Um, he was even transitioning over into uh, learning how to do investigations, um, sometimes backing them up if they needed an extra person around. Uh, he's worked with them for uh, several years. He, uh, he has a, a wife, uh, Veronica, and a daughter, uh, Sarah. Um, uh, Brockworth is... Uh, uh, a robust man, tall, about six six two, uh, blonde, uh, plainly dressed. That's about it. Okay, cool. Raymond, how about you? Well then, where was I? Oh yeah, my name's Henry. That's Henry with a capital apostrophe. A lot of people use the capital H, but most of my friends and me mappers they call me. The bull, or just bull, from me being the London bull from a few years back, because I'm what you might call an ex-prize fighter. I don't think you ever get to be an ex, you know, the streets never go right out of the man. Anyway, ah, oh, what can I say? I had a little bit of the old fryer tuck over the years, so I made a few bags of sand, and I'm doing all right for myself. I ain't exactly rags to riches, but... I'm doing all right, as you can tell from the old whistle here, right from me tit for to me daisies. Oh, I'm sorry, you didn't quite get that? Yeah, tit for tat. I didn't, I didn't mean to contract that. It's a tit for tat on the top of your head, the at. You know what I'm saying? And then down there, they got the old daisy roots, the boots. And nice thing about these is I've got enough of the old muller, as they say, 
uh, to pretty much get myself a pair of brogans that's actually got a left foot and a right foot as opposed to just two feet. Anyway, I mean, we saw a flute. Well, that's my suit here. And uh, pretty much that's a nice set of Norfolks right now. It's a little bit chilly here in September with a touch of the old rain coming down. And I have to wear uh, a muffler around my face because pretty much I'm a handsome lad. You see, because you can tell that from my bugle here. That's my nose. And I've got a nice Roman nose. It's Roman all over my damn face. And then my ears, well... Basically, they're, as Lady May says, flowers, cauliflowers. Yeah, and then the old Jack Daughter, Joy, well, that's like iron. And sometimes when I'm smiling, you can see all four of me pearly browns. <laughs> anyway, so that's me. I'm a big lad. I'm a really big lad. I've got a long reach as well. That was, that was my big thing, you know. It's a little bit touch of the speed in the old reach there. Anyway, my job really around here, uh, what can I say? All these muckers here of me, you know, Fletch and Ben and all the others. What can I say? They're a bunch of toffee-nosed gits and they need to be looked after. You know what I'm saying? I'm a bit of a minder. I'll look after them. I'll mind them. So uh, that should be pretty good there. And uh, let's have a look now. I've been with Hudson and Bran ooh, a few years now. I'll go back to the uh, Billingsgate mermaid mystery. But there we go. We'll get more into that later on. All right, up to you then, Fletch. All right, thanks. Uh, Stuart. Hey, uh, I'm Stuart. I'll be playing Reed Williams, retired Army, a veteran of the Ashanti Anglo War and the Anglo-Zulu Wars. For the last nine years, been completely retired, fascinated with bizarre culture, uh, folklore, and tales, and oddities that I've seen during those two campaigns. He's been drawn to uh, keep up looking into odd and unusual things throughout folklore. Uh, he's joined a detective agency uh, in looks to keeping up his skill. Very loyal, looks after his crew. That's what he's about. And he joined this agency some few years ago and uh, he's been working with them ever since. Excellent. And um, my name is uh, Fletcher Kane. I, uh, I came into uh, the employ of Mr. Ulysses Brand a number of years ago. Uh, it all started with a game of cards. And uh, he realized that I had quite a few skills when it came to deception. Uh, I am not not officially outside of these wor this this room. I am, uh, you'd call me a, a con man, a grifter. I use my God-given talents to persuade people to do what I want them to do. Uh, and I do this for Hudson and Brand. Uh, they've, they've found me quite useful. And that's really all I want to say about that. So, without any further delay, Let's begin our journey into the darkness. Jason? Hello, uh, Jason here. So as we start, everyone uh, around the table is at 33 Golden Square, Soho, London. It is late September, 1889, and it's a bit of a rainstorm going on outside. And 
the players have just um, are just finishing up the grim task of meeting with their lawyer, who is handing them officially the keys to the location and the business, and you know, shaking just shook each person's hand. So unfortunately, you know, without without any bodies, we can't officially declare them deceased, but. It was there in their last will and testament if they were unheard from for six months or longer that the business and the establishment be turned over to you gentlemen as long under the under the uh, account that you will continue the search and he said you would know what that would mean and he hands over the key to benedict and you know he basically is you know, any other questions? I mean, everything was basically covered in, you know, in the letter left left by them. But, you know, I will leave you to your new home, I guess I can call it. Thank you, sir. Uh, gentlemen, terrible business about uh, our former employers, right? I agree. Well, as far as the lawyers are concerned, of course. But uh, we haven't completely given up hope. It's true. There's still a bit of investigating to be done. Uh, did the lawyer say that he, he left the letter? Um, is, is it around? Well, the letter w that w was read, it was just basically his last will and testament stating that uh, the five of you are to inherit the business and the property as long as you continue the search. Continue. Now, you would assume that from their tales that they've They've investigated such great evils in London, and they were trying to to continue the peace and, you know, do do justice by the Queen. Any chance of a cup of Rosie? And then um, Mrs. Levi is standing. They're both standing at attention. Uh, Mr. Malcolm, uh, Markham, and Mrs. Levi, who are the servants for the establishment, uh, all of which you know, you know, we've been dealing with them on and off for a while now. She curtsies and she runs off to the kitchen to prepare some tea. Is the um, is the will a recent will, or is this has this been set up for a long time? It was set up within the last year. Hmm. Do we do we know where um, the last whereabouts of Hudson and Brand where where they were headed? They were investigating the Irish um, anarchists. There are some um, bombings that had been going on in London, and they were investigating leads on that. But even the police and all of you have have lost uh, the trail. Do they have some sort of uh, investigative journal we could look into? Maybe. Yes, we have. We have access to all of their records now we can finally find out what they meant by some of those things that they said to us. Um, you can feel free to investigate the home uh, as you wish. It's a six-story building. You have access to two stories. The, the basement and the ground floor level are where the business and the, the rooms are for, for the Hudson and Brand Agency. The other stories are... Are ten tenants. Got it. Okay. Now you also know that there is there's a garden. There is a library. Uh, they collect every newspaper that they have a subscription to every newspaper that they can get their hands on, foreign and domestic. And there, you know, so you guys could look through that or 
Okay. Well, let's see what we can find. I, I Do people just come walking in the front door and ask us to help them with stuff? And with that, you hear a knock on the door. <laughs> I apparently they have the power of prophecy as well. Uh, someone's at the front door. And um, Mal uh, Markham opens the door. And standing in the doorway is a shivering child, maybe 11 or 12 years old, uh, cold from rain, skin and bones, not starving, but, you know, and he has his, hat, his bowler hat in his hand and he's just kind of looking up through wet, wet hair down his face. Come up here, son. Yeah, what's the soapy bubble? kind of timidly he's walks in. He's going to dribble water and mud all over the floor. Uh, Miss Levi, get a, a blanket for the mind. And she, she goes off to another room, and a few minutes later, she'll come back with a, a towel. Uh, Boy, what, uh, what's your name? My, my name is uh, Albie. Albie. And uh, where do you come from, Albie? Well, um... um well, the thing is that uh, um, I, uh, I I was I'm in need of some 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 detectives some 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 detectives. You need some detectives, and uh, what seems to be the case? Well, um, and he kind of pushes his hair out of his face, and he's like, "My friend's gone missing, and and I'm really worried about him. And it's been a couple, it's been about two days now, and he's very." Very shy. Not sh I don't want to say shy, but there's something, you know, he's disturbed. And uh, this friend of yours, uh, from, uh, from the neighborhood that you come from, or? Uh, his name is uh, William Hotlock. Uh, Bull, you instantly know that name. He You're talking about Bear Apple, Bill? Uh, you, know, you know him? Y yes. Yeah, I've seen him around a little bit, and he led. He's earned his. He's earned his place. Uh, anybody else can make a uh, uh, a role for uh, intelligence role to see if they recognize that name or an education role. Yes, didn't I place a bet on one of his fights a while back? Hmm. Anybody pass? Yeah. Nope. I did not. All right. So whoever whoever passed. Uh, you instantly recognize the name, and he has been one of the bare knuckle fighters. He's actually uh, undefeated. He's never lost a fight. Mm -hmm. So I recall I made about uh, thirteen dollars on, on that fight. Well, Pounds. Sorry. Oh, did he give you a run for your money back in your days? Thirteen dollars. Hang on. Henry's getting his fingers out of thirteen dollars. Uh, Oh, you mean seven pound fifty, right? No, no, seven pound ten shillings. I'm sorry. There you go. Because a dollar, well, they have dollars, and there's four of them in a pound, right? The dog says no. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's five shilling. Uh, Anyways, bull. Did uh, did that prize fighter give you any trouble back in your day? Oh, he was a young whippersnapper. He's he's ten years after me. Okay. Yeah. Well, you know, it's kind of like he's undefeated until he's defeated. You know what I'm saying? So, Albie, when was the last time you saw Bill? Um, well, you, I don't know if you heard, but he he lost a fight that night. No longer undefeated. 
And, uh, well, after the fight, um, you know, I, I give him some bandages and, you know, I, I, I help him, I, I help him out a lot. And, um, and, um, after the fight, um, a couple, a couple guys, he's, um, I think they were like, it's like a gang. Um, they kind of came into the dressing room and, uh, well, the back room and, um, and, uh, Bill told me to, to just get lost and he see me tomorrow at work. I, I, I work at the, uh, elephant and cask, elephant and castle, sorry, the elephant and castle. I'm a, I'm a cellar boy. I bring up the, the barrels and, and the cask is a veil. Albie, you said uh, you've helped Bill in the past. Have you ever seen these men, the men that came into the dressing room? Well, the, sometimes they drink at the bar, and um, you know they're they're, and he's kind of like reluctant. Can you describe these gentlemen for us? Um, you know, shaved heads, um, and he's kind of like he's biting. You see, he's biting his lips, so. All right, son, you don't need to give a name out because it wouldn't come out from here anyway. You got a villain gang name to go with that? Like the Timpsons? He's, he's looking like... I, I, I'm, I'm afraid... Well, Look, I, I wanna, there's, a I lot, wanna... there's a lot of nobbling going on in that business. Tell you now, I've been working hard to get that done. Changing out the Marquis of Queensbury rules. It's a dirty business. Sounds like Bill's got himself into a little bit of bother there. You know what I'm saying? And so, he, blurt, don't you? he blurts out the greens. But you see he's very, very afraid. Like, right. like, like Mom's a, a word on that, all right, son? And he's, he nods his head. Do you know who he fought? Um, John, Johnny, Johnny Power. Oh, that's, you know, what he goes by. I don't know his real name. Would I? No, it just, you know. Um, and you say he's gone missing. He's not there today. Well, normally he would come in. Well, since he lost, he would go for a celebration drink after every fight. But how, he didn't do that. I figured he didn't do that because he, you know, he lost the fight. But... He always comes in the next day to see me. You know, he gives me a, a little bit of pay and, and we talk. Do you have any idea where he lives? Have you ever helped him out at his house? Yeah, I, I know where he lives and he gives you an address and you write it down. Thank you, boy. Now, did he go off with these fellas? Um, I don't know because he told me to go home after. Uh. You, didn't see him. you didn't see him after, right? No. The, the fellas didn't have a, a particular peculiar accent by any chance, did they? They might have been Irish. I'm not sure. Well, London's full of the Irish eye. Any, well, uh, any of the rest of you fellows re recognize the Greens? Does that name mean anything to anybody? If they're a major gang, they probably do. Yeah, you've you've heard of them. Yeah, that was a pretty bad business. They're not um, major players in the city, but you do, uh, especially Bill would know that they do uh, run a lot of the gambling on the boxing. Well, and would I know where the gambling is? I should. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Um, well, I'll tell you, it would be over at my Aunt Vi's, that's for sure. Sounds like, uh, sounds like Bill may have gotten himself mixed up into, into something. We uh, clearly have, have a few things that we could go follow up on. Does anybody have any additional questions for the boy? Well, uh, can uh, Albie meet our retainering fee? I'm sorry. That's what? actually what I was about to ask. How well, would I could get paid for this job by a child? And he kind of <laughs> looks up. He's like, well, and he just shrugs his shoulders. He's like, I just... our son, case pro bono. Son, do you think that we are in this job for charity's sake? I mean, you say pro bono. I. Suppose it's a good deed. Uh, I'm not so sure that this sounds like anything that we're supposed to get involved in. Well, Bill, Bill always talked good about your boss. He's, he he knew one one of the guys. That's why I knew to come here. I, well, I, I remember him saying a few months ago about if you ever got in trouble, kid, just look up these guys, and that's the first thing I thought of. And you see, he's got like tear, you know, like wet eyes and. All right, son, sit out. Oh, Miss Livy, could you run ah. up and see if we get a play of scraps or something for the lad? Let's get some breakfast in him and move him thoroughly up. Gentlemen, oh, I'd like a word. Come now, Fletch. How many times have we started a case and uh, only to find find some way that you were able to to make us a buck? I guess yeah. it won't cost much to at least go over to uh, Hatworth's uh, or Hatlock's apartment to see if he's there let's uh if you guys want to get involved i'm i'm certainly up for whatever you want to do uh i have to admit that uh, the little boy is uh almost as good a manipulator of you as i am but it's something to do well, in the absence of any other pressing pressing business it certainly can't hurt and i've made I've made money off of Bill, yes. 13 pounds. Well, I mean, uh, publicity, we find a, uh, a missing fighter could parlay that into actual casework. Maybe. Certainly he certainly is a, a celebrity, an important, important boxer right now. And, and he's sure, going uh, missing. Sure, Bill oh. would be willing to compensate us for our troubles if he is, if he is in some real I, I should like to know if his manager is uh, beside himself. If he's not beside himself, then he did it. I'll, I'll be, um, he's like, manager, he, he just took care of himself. If anything, I'm, I'm the closest thing he got to a manager. All right, son, we'll do what we can. Uh, and he, he writes down, well, yeah, has you write down the address of uh, Bill's um, house and then um, also the place where uh, Albie works, the Elephant and Castle. Yeah. Is that like a restaurant or a pub? It's a pub. It's a huge pub still in existence. We probably know where it is then, yes. All right, thank you. He says, um, sometimes those greens drink there, too. Thanks, son. Well, you don't, uh, you don't go telling any of this business to any of those green men. 
You'll uh, we'll we'll take it from here. I'm not telling them them nothing. I like living. <laughs> and he's, right, son. he's sitting down drinking the the food or whatever she brought from the soup. Right. Well, Fletch, I won't worry too much about the income. Half hour, you working as a fancy table at uh, Aunt Vi's, you're going to make up on this one anyway. But uh, I think it's worthwhile taking a taking a look into this. I mean, it's worth it. Like you, you said, never know what's going to happen. We can all be right. dead tomorrow if uh, if we get involved with uh, real criminals. Well, um, well, let's let's let the little lad go, and uh, I'd like a word. Yes, Mister Levi, why don't you take him into the kitchen? All right, Levi, Miss Levi, you know, take take him by the arm and brings him into the kitchen, gets him dried up, gives him some food, and leaves you alone. All right, right. Well, look, what's of interest to me? It just occurs to me, and while I'm talking, I'm going to go over to the. Uh, gun cabinet the battery as it's called where didn't they say they were involved with the irish anarchists well hudson uh, and brown were, were talking about right. they, that, they, was, they that was the subject that. of their last investigation right yeah. and now we've got potentially an irish an irish gang family getting involved here you know what i'm saying oh come come bull uh Half the cases we have involve the Irish in some way or another. Well, that's right. But here we've got a direct link. You know what I'm saying? I'm afraid the truth may be... Uh, less... they, came, they came to Hudson and Brand, Hudson and Brand, right? This lad came up here. They've been talking. I'm thinking it's quite possible, and I could be corrected on this, that they were investigating the Irish anarchists. This is how they got in with uh, Bill. Being up with Bill here, they got to talk to Albie about these guys being here and to come here if there was any problems. So I think there's a little bit of a tenuous link here. I'd, I'd like to find some evidence of that. There should be something in this right. building. Well, there either be something here, and we might pick up a little bit down there at the Elephant Castle, by the way, which has got a very good reputation for its variety of beers. Well, we, um, we ought to be careful or at least sensitive in the way we inquire about this. A undefeated prize fighter suddenly loses his first fight and is visited by one of the most notorious gambling rings in, uh, in all of London. I think uh, they're, they're, the truth may be simpler than we think. It, it actually... And Bill points to his face. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. The pattern doesn't fit the profile, though. You know, if... If Bare Knuckle Bill was winning all of his fights, I could see the concept of uh, possibly getting him to throw a fight so that somebody would make a huge profit. However, he lost the fight, and they took him away. That actually doesn't make sense. Now, if he won the fight but the mobsters had told him to lose the fight, then I could see the difference. I could see them taking away. But what reason would they have for taking Bare Knuckle Bill away? Well, we're certainly short a few oh, facts, but there could be another gang involved as well. Right, and I'm thinking if we go down the old Elephant and Castle there, 
we can go down there. We can talk to the likely lads there who actually watched the fight, and they can tell us what happened. Well, Thank we won't know until we start to investigate. Right. Yeah, exactly. they got a few leads. Let's see if we can find everything we can here on Bare Knuckle Bill. His previous wins. Mm-hmm. Now, well, uh, Mr. Brand was always very. Uh, he thought he always thought the first step was to name the case. So I'm wondering what we should name this uh, investigation. Hmm. The unusual case of Bare Knuckle Bill. I think. Yes. Sounds, it sounds more like we're all curious to me. <laughs> Splendid. It is a curious case. Rather unusual also. Curious uh, case of Bare Knuckle Bill. That way we can publish it. Uh, yes, uh, Ulysses would be quite happy with that. All right. Now, getting back to the Bulls' uh, inquiry of the gun cabinet. As you guys have been saying, talking this, and then you said the, you know, the case of Bill, he opens this cabinet up, and everybody's eyes just kind of light up. At the, the, ca the cabinet contains a vast number of weapons. Uh, a sharp number 11, a uh, sharp A1 repeater, an Adams MK3 revolver, a Webley number two pocket revolver, a pair of Webley pocket, uh, different type of Webley pocket revolver, um, two green hammerless shotguns, a, a double keeper's gun, Spencer's repeating shotgun. I could send a list out later. <laughs> I mean, the list goes on and on. So basically whatever um, we need whatever you need is in there you'd think we'd uh, gotten ourselves into trouble once or twice in the past <laughs> i'm guessing there's plenty of uh, ammunition corresponding oh uh, who broke the nunchucks <laughs> oh that was that big guy that's right the, the uh, butler uh he goes well um this is just the um the gun cabinet the hand weapons are downstairs in the trophy room well, along with the ammunition. Mm -hmm. so, well, we don't need any guns at the moment. I'm just saying because uh, Bull had opened it up, so I figured I'd let you know about that next nice little... Well, he's happy with that. It's kind of like you never know when you need a barker or two, eh? Mm. Especially them boomers over there. <laughs> so would you plan on heading over to the... Well, Cast did any of the guys want to go through any of the files and stuff? Yeah, so let's look around here That's first. That's out of Bulls League. I'd like to see some uh, some evidence of some sort of relationship between Bare Knuckle Bill and, and Ulysses. We, we should hit up uh, Bare Knuckle Bill's place soon, though, so any evidence that might be fleeting could be caught up with sooner rather than later. There does seem to be three main connection points. Obviously, if there's any connection between our former employers and uh, Bare Knuckle Bill himself, his apartment, and the castle. Um, what was it? Elephant uh, in the castle. Yep. So those seem to be the primary targets. We stay together, or do we split up and investigate them individually? What's the weather like outside? It, I was going to say it's 12 o'clock, lunchtime. It is raining, not on thunderstorm but a steady rainfall yeah. and it's chilly uh, i'd be more than willing to go over to the apartment but uh, i thought that uh, before i'd leave i'd start looking through the newspapers uh to see if there's any sort of mention of the bill the boxing match the greens anything anything current 
Well, let me make this proposal. Why don't we go do our day stuff now, and uh, we can spend some time this evening when it gets really cold, and uh, go through the the office here and see what we can find. A wonderful suggestion. Well, gentlemen, I think we want to don't want to hit all these places. What was the name of that guy who was fighting? Johnny. Johnny Power. Did we get an address? I uh, know. Johnny Power. No. All right. If he was involved with the Greens, the Albie said that we may be able to s stumble upon them at uh, at the Elephant and uh, Castle. Right. Well, I'm thinking we'll figure out who his uh, who his club or his uh, gym as well, where he's coming out of. See who his manager is as well. I'll tell you what. I'm thinking it's coming up for lunchtime. I'm going to go ahead and get myself over to the uh, Elephant and Castle because. I'm thinking right about now is when all the jabber and that is going to be going on. Well, boy, I certainly boys, wouldn't. Boys, uh... boys have had, the boys have had their night out. They've had their morning's work. They're in there for a quick one for lunch. Well, it's time to go. Well, boy, I certainly wouldn't let you head to the pub alone. Well, yeah, I need looking after. <laughs> <laughs> well, if that's what you'd like to do this time of the morning, the time of the day, but... Wouldn't you much rather go over to Mr. Uh, Bill's apartment and uh, his home? And well, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Us will go over there. You could go over there. Do you see what I'm saying? That way we Ah, don't... you're talking about splitting the party. Yeah, that's it. You know, because you gotcha. get one of them TPKs coming up. <laughs> Sorry. Mr. Brand was always keen on splitting the party, but Mr. Hudson said never split the party. And well, just I suppose the main thing is we have a party, right? <laughs> All right, then. Um, why, don't, why don't I stop at the, uh, the Elephant Castle and some of us get off there and the rest go to, uh, I'll go with the rest to uh, the apartment. That sounds acceptable. I'd like to go to the apartment. Apartment here. Okay, gentlemen, I'll, I'll, I'll get the cab ready. And I'll, oh, I'll yeah. and, and go get it ready. Oh, and just a side note. Um, you guys are at 33 Golden Square. 32 Golden Square is a doctor's office and medical facility. Ah, yes. Can we have a name for the doctor who patches us up? I'll, I'll get it for you after. It's... it's Can Dr. Doctor patches up. Yep. <laughs> but, uh, all right, so who's going to which location? Uh, uh, bills, bills. Uh, I'll be with the uh, bills. Will be the second place. Uh, I'll drop the other two off at the Elephant Castle, and then I'll go to bills. So right. Ben and Henry are going to go to the the pub. Correct. All right. So you all get into the cab. It'll be the Elephant and Castle first. Is the closer location than the apartment. So just let me set the scene a little here. You all climb in. It's raining. You know, it's a dreary day. And uh, London, 1889, the city shroud in a dun-colored veil. And nighttime streets alive with muffled gaiety and the, uh, the half-seen movements of those going about their business. Best not asked about. Uh, during the day, it's a bustle of crowds and carts, hawkers shouting their wares and church bells pealing. The place is full of life and all its guises, with languages and, and beliefs from across the globe. Even the gods of the dark corners of the earth are represented somewhere here, 
though often out of sight and out of, out of the common man's eye. Being the center of the greatest empire of its age, it attracts all types, and not all of them have the empire's best interest at heart. In fact, some of them may use any and all means at their disposal to inflict harm on Her Majesty's realm. Bullocks. All right. Sorry, I... So, All right we, so we arrive at the, the elephant and castle and we let those two out. All right. You want me to continue with them or do you want me to do the apartment first? You guys You're choose. You're the GM, you choose. They're, they're, they get to their destination first. So. First. All right, so you guys go in and it's busy. Um, hustle and bustle, people drinking, some people, they serve food. So there's people, you know, eating their lunch and maybe 20, 30 people in inside. And there's a few people outside. What would you like to do? Well, basically I'm just going to be wandering in there, getting myself a beer and who's with me. Uh, it's me. Benedict. Yep. Ah, the tech. But you know what? We're going to look like Holmes and Watson because that's the set of Norfolk's at Watson wears. Yeah, a very burly Watson. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I'm thinking we just want to hang around a little bit and let the old King Lear, the ear, take care of the business, see what's, see what's been going on for a while. I agree with that. Why don't we uh, go ahead and pull up and grab a pint and just kind of take in our surroundings first. And I scored an... 45 on spot hiddens or listens. That, yeah, I was going to say both of you make spot hidden or listen. Um, well, you're hearing, you know, definitely talk of him losing the fight. Uh, people are stunned. They can't believe that he actually lost the fight. Uh, other people are just talking about the weather. Um, but the group is like three men. You see him sitting at the bar, standing at the bar, I should say, and over a pint. And they're just, um, they are, they're, they're, they're dumbfounded, shocked that, uh, that he, he lost the fight. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm going to engage them in some cat and conversation. Yes. Well, yeah, it does seem rather odd, doesn't it? I mean, did you actually watch the fight? Anybody here I, actually watched the fight? Um, well, I, I didn't see the fight, but, uh, and then he hits his, his mate, uh, you know, on the shoulder. Old Chuck here, he, he saw it and the guy's, Pretty, you know, pretty drunk. He's like, I couldn't believe it. We were over at the old Cooperage and watching the fight last night and um, uh, day before yesterday, actually. I'm sorry. And uh, I lost, I lost almost a week's wages on that. Well, when did he go down? Uh, we talking like he walked in, fell down, or was he up there for an hour and a half? No, it was like two hours, two hours and two hour and a half hours into it. It was like the 39th round. Well, that sounds about right. I mean, was Bill slowing down? Um, he he just got distracted for a second, and boom, uh, a haymaker. Wow! Right off his went, feet. Out, went out on a haymaker. Right? I mean, I could understand if he'd somebody got in there with a nice sharp jab or a a haymaker. He must have dropped his guard big time. Yeah, it was almost like he got distracted. Oh, like. He stopped thinking because I mean I know that happens when you get a little bit rattled around in there and later in the game, but or was he kind of like looking at something? 
uh, I, you know, he might have been looking at something. All I know is he, yeah, now that you say it, he kind of like looked back and he just caught him and he went down like a sack of potatoes. Oh, yeah, oh, you know what? His second wasn't up there, was he? Because sometimes when they yell out on their second and stuff like that, you hear that voice behind you, you kind of like look around. I mean, was there anybody up there? No, there was nobody up on, on uh, in the ring with him, but, uh, you know, I was heavy into my cups at the time, but... Well, yeah. Uh, was, but uh, how, was, how was he doing up until he got hit? Oh, he was, he was, he was winning, like always. What was uh what was the scene like after after the fight? I'm assuming everybody was was uh it's probably a pretty raucous crowd at that point. It never heard it so quiet in the Cooperage in my whole life. Really? You could you could hear a mouse fart. Dead silent, except for uh the bet takers. I'm sure yeah, they, uh... must have, they must have been right out. What were the odds on uh Johnny there? Uh, I think it was, uh, 22 to one. Somebody made a mint. Uh, I'd say so. And of course, everybody was betting on Bill, so he had short odds. So there was a chunk of change lying around there. Somebody lost a lot. Yeah. Well, that's kind of odd. God, I've got to admit, that's, that's kind of like right out of hand. I mean, that's that's some bad fryer tuck there right now. That's that, that's not good. I'm going to do a persuade, or no, a charm roll, see if I can get them to open up a little bit more. Add a bonus dice because they're all well into their drinks. Okie doke. Yeah. 37. All which right. is a hard for me, I think. And what, what are you going for? Like, what are you trying to... Well, trying to get a real description of the moment that it happened. You know, it was coming up there, we're ducking and diving, he's been doing all this stuff. In fact, I'll tell you how it happens. Well, you know, I'm thinking that Bill, I mean, he, he's Andy lad. He knows the Holy Trinity. Do you know the Holy Trinity? No. Oh, well, that's, that's where you got your footwork. You know, that's the first part of it. He says, so my dad told me that. He said, what's your footwork? Right. And then you go up for your hitting. Got to get your hit hitting hard, and I'll actually bang into the wall beside him a couple of times. And, it's, and then it's all a matter of time of where you match your footwork and you're hitting to get the guy and you whack into it like that. See, and my dad said, If you learn these three things, my son, you will inherit the earth as surely as the meek. Now, thinking about all that, what actually happened? What was he doing just before he turns around? What was going on? It's it's almost as if he turned to look and came back and got caught right in the temple and dropped like like I said, dropped like a sack of potatoes. Right, so, and I'll, I'll have them describe the ring or the fight area, I should say, well, and so we know the directions within the cooperage where they were at the instant of. More than likely, you've been to the Cooperage to watch or bet on some mm -hmm. fights, as, as as well as Fletcher. Probably most of you at some point have been there. And it's called the Old Cooperage, and it's a outside warehouse, whereas you ha it's like a rectangle, and you'd have the main front gates where carts can go in to load up. It would be maybe an old masonry. You believe it to be an old masonry uh, factory? 
and uh, ring with the four barrels and the ropes. Rings raised just slightly, you know, maybe two feet, three feet off the ground. Uh, you don't know what's in any of the other rooms, but the crowd, you know, filters in through the front gate. There's a back gate and uh, some ben <clears throat> excuse me, benches sitting, you know, lining around. So well, I'll, you, you've I'll, been I'll to the Cooperage. I'll actually interject and uh, say, did you gentlemen happen to stop here for a beer afterwards? Um, no, no, I was so mad. I just went home. Well, it's, uh, it's a shame. And you, do you, do you gentlemen come here for a pint often? Oh, every day. Well, very good. So certainly, uh, you may have come across from time to time, uh, a couple of the, the green fellows running around here. Uh, excuse me. And he he takes his drink and walks past you, and the other two guys turn their backs and go to the bar. I I'm gonna pay my uh, pay my tab here. Allah. And, I, and I'm gonna do exactly what they do and kind of like turn my back on Ben. Bloody hell! It's always somebody got his man north and south running, and he I can't bloody. Hell. I'm talking to the guy next to me who's kind of like ducking into his beer. Yeah. Tell so, you what, some people just don't have the nouns for it, do they? So in I'll other laugh. words, I'm kind. Of, you know, I'm. You know me. I'm putting it on. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, so I'll go ahead and, and give up on that line of questioning and go ahead and just order myself another beer until uh, until those gentlemen are out of your shot. All right. So you step up to the bar to order, and they it's like like you're the plague. They just slide down the bar as far as they can away from you. I smell a detective a mile away. So uh, I'll I'll go ahead and order a drink. Will they even serve me at this point? Oh, the bartender walks over. What do you have? And uh, they have all. Yeah, he pours yeah, you a, a stout, plops it down, takes the coin, goes about his business. It's like he, you know. Perfect. Yeah. So uh, at this point, obviously the the line of questioning shot. So uh, I guess I'll just kind of wait and quietly sip my beer and continue to to listen around. All right. All right. Well, Let, okay. Yeah. Go ahead. I was going to say, let's cut to the other group right now. And uh, so, um, the the driver, you know, you're pulling up to the the place of uh, Bill's home, and uh, you know, you, this spot right in front. You park you park your cab right there. You can hitch up your horse to a hitching post, and you know, you met you know the address where it was as soon as the the boy told it to you. What what's it look like? Is it a house? Is it's it an apartment. It's a um, like a fl I don't want to say a flop house, but like a re room rental. Okay. But it's not horrible. It's in a halfway decent area. Right. Would he be in a rental room or an individual apartment? It's it's by it's a individual room apartment. Oh, okay. So it'd be like one large, you know, maybe twelve by eight room. It's it's a yeah, it's a single bedroom. Correct. Getting out of the carriage, um, does it look like anyone's sort of paying particular notice to us or make a like... roll. Do a spot hidden. Ooh, oh six. Uh, you look around and you don't seem to see any any uh shady characters around. You know you don't see anybody around, just people going about their business. 
and it's a uh, you know a little little flight of stairs up to a door, a little sign, rooms for rent by the day or the week. And we know which room he stays in, right? Okay. I mean, you would have to knock on the front door or get somebody. You know, you don't have a key to his room. I don't need a key, please. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Last time, um, I uh, should we find a, a, well, let's go and let's go find him. He's probably in there drunk. Let's hope. I'm sorry, but he's probably in there drunk. He's oh, he's, probably, he's, passed, he's probably passed out. Do you think that he actually is still here? Yes. Yes. Until until he's proven missing, I'll I'll start walking towards it and try and make entrance and go to his room. I'm uh, I'm right behind you. Go up yeah, a little. A little flight of stairs, open the door, and it leads to a, basically straight down to a hallway. And as you take a few steps in, you see a like little barred window and a gentleman s- sitting there. Uh, can I help you? Um, uh, uh, sir, uh, are you the proprietor of this establishment? Yes, I am Sam. Um, hello? Can you hear me? Yeah, I can do it. Oh, okay. You said right. Sam. And then yeah, I heard a like popping in my in my phone. Sam Smith, proprietor. Uh, Mr. Smith, we're looking for uh, Bare Knuckle Bill. I haven't seen him in uh, two days. Not since the fight, the night of the fight. Yeah, a friend of his is very concerned about him, um, and and asked us to look in on him. Is there uh, which room is it? Uh, he's in room six, but like I told you, he's not here. Um, hmm, this is very odd. Uh, would you care to uh, open the door for us so that we can check on his well-being? I mean, my, my tenants are, you know, they stay here because they know it's a safe place. Uh, you, you just walk in off the street and want to, uh, want to, um, and he's, you know, he's, um, blatantly, uh, <laughs> for a bribe. Yeah, um, I will, um. Uh, push some coins under the uh, uh, over to him. I uh, pick some up. This will buy you two minutes. Um, well, I mean, we can renegotiate after two minutes. Let's, let's negotiate now for ten minutes. All right. uh, I'll pass him. I'll pass him a little bit more money. All right. He hands you the key and goes, 10 minutes. Give me the key back. Down the hall. Past me on your left. Thank you, Mr. Smith. I'll uh, head down there to the door. What a waste. I, we could have done all this without spending a single dime. Dime? Sense? Uh, uh, <laughs> next, time, next time, you'll be in charge. I'll, uh, it, cost, it cost me nothing. Uh, I'll go and uh, open the door. All right, so you open the door, and, it, you know, the shades are open, and there's a few uh, bottles of open uh, beer on the floor. There's a mattress, excuse me, mattress, a little uh, dresser, um, a set of clothes hanging up, you know, like a nicer set of, you know, nicer, a shirt and pants hanging up. Uh, there's uh, cotton balls and, and um hand wraps on the floor 
Well, we're going to look specifically for anything that might be. Wait, wait, don't, don't go, don't go in, Kane. Mr. Allerton has always told us, observe the space before we go in. Really observe the space. Don't, don't, don't go in just yet. I'm, I'm going to look closely at everything I can see. Anything disturbed? <laughs> Harshly, roughed, roughed up? Not at all. Make, make note of the, the cotton balls. I've counted five. Fascinating. Uh, do you guys go into the room yet? or? Well, I'm yes. waiting for the permission to explore <laughs> the room. Right. I, I, let me finish drawing. Okay, I'm ready. Uh, I'm looking for anything of use. A journal. Uh, I don't even know if he knew how to write. <laughs> there is a, a mo the only thing that really stands out is there's some, a plate, you know, cleaned with a knife and a fork, some beer bottles and a crumpled paper. What does the paper say? Yeah. What's there? Paper. Pick it up and then, you know, unwrinkle it. And it says, Bill, do us proud or you'll be having to deal with the lady. And it's signed with an O at the bottom. Like no. an in initial, like if you would, you know, just sign your first letter of your name. Now, this sounds very strange. Well, it doesn't sound very good for Bill. And is he punished because he lost the fight? Uh, yeah, apparently if, uh, if someone placed a large enough bet on him, they may want to just exact petty revenge. Except that they sent him a note. It, it is odd. This is, a, this is a curious case, Mr. Kane. The lady. The lady. So there's some wealthy woman involved, perhaps. Who's, who's hired these uh, Irish henchmen? Well, we don't know that they had anything to do with it. There's still well, not enough evidence to make any conclusions. Let's continue looking around the room, see if there's anything interesting. Uh, you can spend as long as you want here. There's nothing else that would raise an eyebrow other right. than, you know. I'll spend no. the full 10 minutes. Yep. And then <laughs> as soon as the 10 minutes pass, you see <laughs> a knock on the uh, door frame and a <clears throat> gentleman. Mr. Smith, I, we're done. I Thank bid you. you good day. I take my, my tenant's security and privacy to the utmost. Have a good day. Do you guy, recall any e visitors that he's had? Um, hmm. 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 Not too sure. And, you know, he's, he's kind of. <laughs> I'll look at Fletcher. Fletcher? You've already ruined the grift. <laughs> a, true, a true grifter would have uh, taken over. Ah, here, hand him another bill. What do you know, Smith? Um, there was a 
beast of a man came here. Uh, guess it was the day before the fight. Had a couple of little lackeys trailing behind him, like he was somebody. Uh, I don't know. I, I uh, he just big ugly mug of a guy. And that kid, some some you know, little little uh, little kid, always always around here. Ah. That would be Alby. Alby, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Aaron, that was his name. Yeah, you got it. Well, I think that we've seen everything that we came here to see. Um, I am going to attempt to get some of our cash back. <laughs> <laughs> Make a roll. Uh, sleight of hand? Yeah. I got uh, 39 out of 70. Nice. <laughs> Describe how you do this. I, I shake his hand. You know, mm -hmm. I, I say, well, thank you very much for your, your hospitality. And uh, we'll, uh, if we ever need to stay anywhere, we'll take a look into your, your establishment. So you... Um... I take his fucking watch too. <laughs> exactly, exactly what I was gonna say. Not only did you get a couple of the coins, but you got a silver pocket watch that was hanging in his vest pocket. All right. So you right. walk out and you're like, "Thank you, guys," and you're dangling the little watch. Don't like to dangle it for crying out loud. <laughs> All right, so let me cut back to the uh, castle, uh, elephant and castle, real quick. Um, what were you gentlemen doing there, Benedict and Bull? So we were much. we were waiting and uh, keeping an eye on things around. Uh, is there is there any way we can make an additional listen roll or or spot hidden to see anything that's out of the ordinary? Well, do, Irish accents. <laughs> unfortunately, for Benedict. Um, Anything, any place you kind of go in the bar, you kind of, people kind of seem to, you, you said, it's like saying, uh, going into an Italian restaurant and say, where's the mafia? So, so I'll, uh, I'll look at, uh, I'll look at Bull on this one and, and say, I guess you're on your own on this one. If we want to get any additional information out of these folks. Uh, well, basically, um, knowing a little bit, would I know the general area of London that the Greens would be notorious for being in i mean obviously they travel around but they're pretty uh kind of patch conscious um you do know that uh around the cooperage uh they they seem to be seen a lot they do come in here to drink fairly regularly in the castle and uh elephant and castle mm -hmm. and um they just run all you know prostitution um and gambling money lending and with this, the uh, bartender kind of like gives you the, to you, uh, Bull, kind of, come here. Like, you know, waves you in a little, like, and he's like, uh, it's not a secret that you came in here with that, uh, that uh, posh gentleman over there. But um, I wouldn't be asking about the greens in here. And um, there were a couple of them in here about 15, 20 minutes before you came in. Uh I'm sure as soon as they're back, they're going to hear from one of these low lives that 
they've been asked about or mentioned in here. So I wouldn't want to be here when they they might come walking through the door any minute. I'm just saying I'm a bartender. I don't know much. And then he turns around and goes back to polishing his his glasses. Well, Bull fully understands. Bull, sorry, Bull fully understands what's going on in this general area here, like that. So it's kind of like eh, I'm looking for. Well, maybe I'm looking to do business with them. Who knows? But it's kind of like. Oh, you know what? I think we'll just take a little ball and chalk out of here, Ben. It's time for us to move on. I'm thinking a little bit down the road would be good, a good idea to go. Um, to, this is a keeper's question. Does mm -hmm. this, uh, the greens, do they in any way where uh, some of them would tend to, f the, the, the villains, the, the family villains and stuff, and like that, used to tend to adopt uh, a marker of some kind? You know, like they wear a top hat or a bow or um, the greens might wear a bit of green ribbon or something. I don't know. You're you're not entirely sure. You might need to do some more investigation on that. But you off the top of your head, you can't pick it out one from another right now. OK, that's, that's you, not a particular problem. And I think once we're outside and we're kind of like deciding what to do, I'm thinking a little bit of a Stroll over to the Cooperage is in order. All right. Certainly. I've got, a I've got a professional interest and a little bit of nostalgia. Very good. So over there with you've been in, you know, you were in the bar, let's say about an hour, hour and a half total. You know, you had a pint or whatnot. So by this time, the, uh, the cab will be heading back your way. You know, you figure they should be around any minute. So. Back to the, the other group. Well, gentlemen, you can see here's your money back. Mr. Kane, thank you very much. And Reed here, you can have this. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. Uh, it, of course, doesn't match the gold one that I have in my pocket. <laughs> You have some good talents there. Yes, this well, has been in my family ever since I stole it from someone. <laughs> this really doesn't look good for Bill at this point. Um, I, I, maybe we should tell the others. Well, we're going to go pick them up, aren't we? Uh, I don't have oh. anywhere else to go. I, I suggest we go over there. Let's go find out what they found out. Good call. Yeah, it's since it only took you guys maybe 20 minutes total looking in Bill's lodgings. By the time you're rolling back, they'll be walking out of the bar, or if not in front of the bar, discussing what they're going to be doing next. Well, gentlemen, what did you find out? Well, uh, we were we were on a bit of a decent uh, questioning tear until I uh, my my loud mouth got the better of me, and I asked directly about the greens. Wasn't much more to gain after that. Well, I think you should see this note. It tends to confirm some sort of foul play is underfoot. Yes, there's, there's somebody here that with the initial O and the threat of some woman. Now that's highly unusual. Uh, did you did you keep the note? Yes, yes, we have it. Okay. Well, can you read it to Bull, please? 
Uh, Jason, can you read it out again? Oh, um, sorry. It says, Bill, do us, Bill, do us proud or you'll be having words with the lady. And it's signed, O. Right. Well, that would save me half an hour reading it for myself. Much obliged. You know, gentlemen, I'm looking at that and I'm thinking, do us proud. And then he loses a fight. So they were putting the money or whatever they were doing on his win. And we've picked up. He didn't actually throw the fight. He got distracted and then clobbered. So okay. it's kind of like we've got two groups here. We've got the ones who wanted him to win, do us proud, or else, which means he was under a lot of pressure. And then two, somebody else didn't want him to win, throw the fight. So which side is which, I don't know. But I'm thinking that O and that little group have got nothing to do with the Greens. Or maybe they have, I don't know. What do you oh, think? well... Um... The, the, the individuals who were described as delivering the uh, note were a large, brutish man and two somewhat nondescript lackeys. Right, which is kind of like what Albie said, right? Mm, yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's odd that in that he's not really threatened with anything other than having words with the, uh, the woman. There's no threat of, uh, you know, immediate violence or... It just is very. It is very at, that, at that bill starts to chuckle. Well, it all depends where you come from. Because if you and I was to have words, as you see, bunch his fist up and crack them, we ain't talking about words. No, no, I, I know words. that. I know that's it's, it, it, it's a very obvious thing, but it's just it's just an odd way of putting it. And it, he's being threatened with some woman. Gentlemen, gentlemen, if I may uh, express my observation, it's it's bothered me ever since we first read the the letter, the note, the phraseology of the whole thing. Uh, The uh, part of what you said a moment ago, Henry, has uh, sort of spurred that on when you said to us proud. And then now you're talking about um, semantics. When you say the phrase, do us proud, it doesn't sound, it sounds like something a member of your family would say. Boy, exactly. Or perhaps if you belong to some sort of a group. Right, yeah. One of your comrades would say, do us proud. What's his name was in the mirror. So you do you do your unit proud. I do my family proud. I do my muckers proud. You know what I'm saying? So this threat of some lady and do us proud, could could they be referring to somebody that Bare Knuckle Bill was actually involved with as far as family or was he involved in a gang? You do know that Bare Knuckle Bill is 100% English. So to, for him to be running around with an Irish gang is probably not... It's probably not. And a lady. Uh, it's the term lady. That, that implies more than just a woman. That implies somebody of an authority who is a lady. Nah, mm. nah. It could, it could go either way there. I'll tell, I'll tell you now. Look, 
I've got a little paramour myself, and that's Lady May. Long story short, it's a lot of fun. However, the way I'm looking at it, it's kind of like you'll see the lady, like she's the boss or the person in charge, like, like even like my Auntie Vi. So I'm thinking that if we look at it in the positive, do us proud, go for the win, we're behind you. Or you'll have to talk to the lady. Could be a little bit of familial trouble. Or she's the head, as you said, of something, right? Yes, but if you're talking about that sort of relationship, it doesn't sound like much of a threat, does it? I mean, if I have to talk to my Aunt Gertie, if I screw up, it's like, you know. But if I'm being threatened in some way by having to talk to the lady, it sounds more like somebody in, somebody with authority over me, somebody that I don't want to talk to. Well, I'll tell you what, you know, we're thinking Lascars and, 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 and Irish around here. I mean, what about the Orientals? I mean, a lot of them Oriental ladies there, you know, I mean, they're the money behind the old uh, puff puff balls. Uh, Perhaps if we head back to 33 Golden Square, we might be able to dig up some notes or such that Hudson and Brad might have been working on that might start connecting some of these dots. Well, I, I thought perhaps we were going to go by the Cooperage, but oh, yes. during the day, isn't the Cooperage a Cooperage? And we'll just find people working there. Well, why don't we ride on by and have a look? You can't tell. Uh, I'll, take us, I'll take us right away. All right. About a 10-minute trip, give or take. Uh, you guys ride around, and it's a um, series of warehouses, and the cooperage is sort of separated, so there's a big um, a lot next to it. Uh, and you see some kids playing, like, you know, soccer, kicking a ball around. Uh, right next to that lot is um, some, like, tenement apartments and some uh, washerwomen outside washing clothes, and uh, it's... Looks like um, the Cooperage would be like two stories, but it seems like it's only a wall. You, you don't think that, you know, it's a full two-story building. It's an open roof concept. And there's two large uh, front gates that would open for, for, you know, the carts to go in and out. Seems to be a smaller back gate, but still enough room for carriage to go in and out. Only one at a time there. Are there people and, working uh, there? You see a couple men hanging out in the front gate and a couple men hanging out of the back gate smoking cigarettes and drinking, but it doesn't look to be operational. And um, Is the ring set up in the square? Well, you would have to look through the gates. We'd have to go inside. And from thinking about it from the past, you don't remember when you've been in there, there's always been a ring set up. You're not really sure if... The cooperage is actually a cooperage or not? Well, is, um, as I, uh, am I wrong in thinking that this kind of uh, fight and gambling on it is illegal at the time? Correct. No, if he was, if he was doing the London prize ring, it would be a legal fight. Yeah, but he wouldn't be at the cooperage. Right. Uh, they do them on spec all over the place. Guys, make, a, make an education roll. 
<laughs> um, out O2. O2? Yeah. yeah I've, I've picked up a 14. I've actually passed my education. <laughs> well, you, you're thinking, well, we've been there. We've bet there at some point. Uh, the Cooperage, it's probably just a front. Yeah. Hmm? Okay. You know, it's, it's, it's basically, you know. The only people that they don't, that don't show up here are uniformed policemen. Correct. The gentlemen out front guarding the gate, or well, I, I guess that's my question. Are they guarding the gate actively, like standing a post, or are they just kind of uh, lounging about? Um, well, they're, they're you know, leaning up against, they, they look like they're guarding it, but they're not military guarding. You know, they, they're, they look like they could be gang, possible gang members or streeters. If, if this is green territory, we don't want to... Uh call any attention to ourselves that was, well with that, with that my suggestion with that o2 too you might even think they, they might even be greens there it's possible any of them redheads uh they seem to actually now that you're looking at it you know taking a little closer look without being too obvious they seem to have shaved heads too or stubble after the reception we just got uh, at the local watering hole i think that uh doesn't make much sense to walk straight up and, and begin to inquire as to their business. Kind of like uh, Benedict's haircut there. Actually, with a little bit of street smarts, I'm going to poke. Who, who, who owns the who owns the cab? Leland. 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 Yeah, move, on, move on, Leland, now. It's a good idea. And I'm going to also roll a 21 on a spot hidden. I want to see if any of these guys are wearing some item on their person other than their shaved heads that kind of identify them as being together in the same group, organization. Uh, you don't see anything. You don't see anything visible. Right. And my, my hair's the same. I've got short cropped hair. Yeah, and that's, you know, street fighting. There's nothing to grab onto, so. Right. But you don't see anything visible on them that would lead yeah. to. So, uh, as long as he, so long as Layla moves off, we're good. Yes, let's go back to uh, Gold Square, Golden Square. Green, Green Square, Golden Square. Cool. So you, you guys are going back Golden to Square. Thirty-three. You go. It's going back to Golden Square, or did? Yeah, unless someone uh, has a better idea, I'll just go back to thirty-three Golden Square. All right. So the cat, you know, cab arrives. Bringing around back. There's a little place for you to to store your carriage and your horses. Uh, it's almost tea time, isn't it? Yeah, it's about four o'clock, three three thirty maybe. Oh, light tiffin then. We'll see if Miss Levi has made any cookies or anything. Oh, wait. We don't call them cookies here, do we? Biscuits. 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 As uh, you guys go in, you're going into the... To the, uh, the agency? Yeah, I'll probably last since I'm, I have to take care of the horses. All right. Uh, you guys walk in and like clockwork, uh, Mrs. Levi comes out with steaming hot tea, biscuits, little finger sandwiches. Nothing too fancy, but a nice day of investigating, boys. And she puts it down on the table and she just stands there at attention. Great. Thank you. 
Uh, Markham, um, after we have our tea, I think that we're going to need to go through um, Mr. Hudson and Mr. Brand's uh, effects through the house. Um, we already have a case we're working on, and we're going to be needing evidence. So if there's any keys involved with their uh, files or, or anything like that, we'd leave those available to us if you don't mind. Malcolm steps up and uh, he's like, uh, well, the key to the ammunition, uh, I have that. I know right. the combination to any safes that are in the house if you need access to them. Um, like I said, there is the weaponry, there is the trophy room, uh, there is the, the two misters' personal bedrooms. Um, and their offices, I hope. And their offices, correct. Yes. We'll, we'll spend most of our time in their offices, I'm sure. Oh, and right. I'll get the combinations from you if I need them. Excellent, <laughs> excellent, excellent, sir. Um, so what do you want to look into? Like I said, there is a little library. There is every newspaper that you can think of. Well, Leland, you were interested in looking at uh, some of the newspapers. and uh, Yes, I, I think, I, I think that, that'll be the subject of my inquiry this evening. I'll, um, I'll try and find something up to date, maybe, on this fight or, or the Greens. So I'll, I'll start uh, going through the newspapers. Yes, yeah, so anything involved. I, I likewise, but not the newspapers. I'll look through their files and see if I can find any, any dirt on the greens or, or if bare knuckle build comes up in any context. Make a, for the newspapers, make a library check. Uh, successful. All right, so you find in a local paper um, it talks about the Greens and their suspected links with the Finian movement, which is an Irish anarchist group that is trying to uh, separate, you know, separatists. And then it goes into talking a little bit, bit about the Greens, how they run prostitution and gambling and, um, you know, turning them into a, a, a monster, basically. Not them turning into monsters. I mean, you know, demonizing them. Um, as a cab driver for uh, quite a while in London, would I have any contacts with the police? Yes, absolutely. If your contact would be Sergeant Parlow, P-A-R-L-O-W. I think Reed, uh, with his military background, would also be in good with Parlow. Carlo, yeah, that makes sense. I am not. Oh, they know about you, but they're just... <laughs> no. I'll share what I've found uh, in the newspapers. And Mr. Reed, I think uh, our friend, Sar the Sergeant uh, Parlo, maybe at some point tomorrow we should contact him. Actually, yes, he'll be... Yes, he'll be in tomorrow... I, I saw him last week. It'll be good to catch up. Yes, I, I think that would be a good thing. And I'll, I'll go back to the papers and keep working on that. 
All right. And while they've been doing that, I'm going to actually wander around and probably end up eventually in the games room. Okay. While they're doing all the reading. However, I shall stop off almost certainly at the tool cabinet. Okay. The cellar battery and the workshop. Um, picking up a few items here and there putting them in my pockets where I need to. And, uh, yeah, basically I've picked up a, from the tool cabinet, I picked up a, a, a short jimmy, uh, maybe 14, 15 inches long. Okay, I'm going to use that as my life preserver, which I'm going to hook inside my coat. And I'm going to pick up a couple of knives and a set of, a uh, nice pair of brass knuckles. And that probably be it. I'm not too sure I want to pick up a Barker just yet. And we they, uh, sleep in those things. <laughs> uh, We're here uh, for the evening, aren't we? Yeah, we are, but I've got a mind on something. All right. And uh, I think I'm also, as I said, I'm going to end up in the games room. But before I do that, I'm actually going to go up to or into Mr. Brand's room. I just want to take a long, slow look around. All right. And just so you know, in the games room, there is all sorts of exotic weaponry on the wall, from African spears to uh, curved swords. And I'll get you guys a list sent out uh, if you want to equip yourselves for next time. Uh, but uh, yeah, basically, there's there's quite a few items in there. And which which room did you want to wind up in? I'm sorry. Uh, well, I, I'll I'll eventually end up in the games room, but uh, I'm checking out Mr. Brand's room. I want to take a good look in there. And oh. if it's any use to you, I, I rolled a zero eight. Nice. Uh, you're talking about room twenty three, correct? Uh. Mr. Brand's room is 21, and then Mr. Hudson's room is 23. Oh, I see it there. Sorry. Um, give me one sec. Talk amongst yourselves for one moment. Hmm. Mr. Williams, Mr. Allerton. How are you today? <laughs> <laughs> no, you know what I mean. <laughs> Mr. Uh, Mr. Fletcher, were, were you going to uh, take a look at the saves, or did you have any plan to do that? Yes, yes. I'll, I'll see what's in there. I don't think there's going to be anything more valuable than some paperwork, but... Uh, Certainly not. I just, I, it's, it's been bothering me a bit, this connection um, with that, that Bill sent Albie directly to us. I mean, certainly, certainly he was a, a friend of Ulysses, or, or, or some connection there, right? It must have been. I mean, how else would the boy even know that we existed? Yeah, I'm just curious if uh, if they would have kept any record of it. And I, I, uh, I just recalled something odd. Did not Mr. Smith refer to the boy as Aaron? He did. And yes, yes um, I didn't. I'll yes, I, I decided not to make note of it. Uh, it didn't seem like it. you think that there's something more to that. I don't know. Maybe a nickname, Aldi or Albi. Or you could take Not that as him being just uh, uncaring about anybody that 
comes and goes there. That's possible. Aaron, I'll um, be, I'll be, what's something. Yeah, that's exactly how he, he uh, uh, yeah, that kid, uh, Aaron, I'll be, he okay. was just kind of being dismissive of the kid because he's a nuisance. Well, the, the voice in my head is telling me that it's not important, so. Never mind. <laughs> um, now, Bull, when you, um, you're, what did you roll? A spot hidden? You said you got a zero eight. All right. Uh, so you start taking in the room, and um, for some reason, you get down and look under the bed, and you notice a loose floorboard. And you pry it open, and there is a, a small bag stuffed with 50 pounds in notes, a switchblade, a cheap bottle of whiskey and a box of matches. Oh, fire making equipment. Lovely. <laughs> okay. I'm going to say, you might want to take a look around, boys. There's odd stuff around. Take a look at that. We've got 50 pound on the case already. Are, are we all just yelling at each other from different <laughs> No, I'm just wandering around. I'm just wandering around. I can't, I can't uh, my reading and writing skills are not very high. So you read and write, I look and see. Uh, Bull, the, uh, if that, if you found 50 pounds, then that's got to go towards the, uh, the upkeep of the place. Well, the finger sandwiches we've been consuming. Now, <laughs> Fletcher, you said you were going to check out his office, correct? Correct. Now you find a, a ledger on the desk and it shows that they, you know, with the, with the building, they actually do own it and that the other floors are rental properties. So you have an income of nice. X amount of dollars coming in. Gentlemen, uh, very nice. We haven't been collecting rent for the last uh, six months. <laughs> I think the people upstairs owe us quite a bit of cash. Uh, Malcolm steps up and he's like, oh, yes, we have, sir. I've taken care of all of that. Oh, thank God, Malcolm. You're a lifesaver. I Malcolm, how do the books look? How do, how do, how do we look? Are we solvent? I, uh, I don't know how to do math. Do any of you good, good with numbers? Uh, what is, well, what is, uh, Malcolm, what, what does things look like? You've been, you've been keep taking rent or you've been maintaining the books? Now the lady of the house steps up and she clears her throat. Um, I've been taking care of everything. Everything is paid off. You are uh. in. You are not in the red. Although, if you do not have cases coming in soon, I would give it four months. Uh. Oh, I guess we have fifty pounds. The the rent of the upstairs apartments more than takes care of the building, but. You know, they let yes. extravagant lifestyles. And then she points to the weapons cabinet where, you know. And yes, we do have to replace the nunchucks. I mentioned that earlier. Um, I'm, I'm going to try my hand at opening one of the safes. I mean, how many safes are there? Just, just one? There's two safes. Okay. I'll go to the first one. Are these wall safes or are these big floor safes? Um, well, Malcolm says, would you like me to show you where they are? Oh well, sure. I I thought we knew. Okay. Well, the you know that he had they had a safe and it was so they're, they're in, hidden wall safes. Okay. Yeah, uh, there's one in his um in his room in room uh, twenty three. Okay. That's where I go first. 
a book uh, bookshelf and he pulls a book out and it slides over and it's a really big safe. Let's do that one first. But right. don't tell me the combo. All right, he's just standing there, you know. You need a hard success. Uh, locksmith, is that what I roll? Correct. Hard success. Hey, boys, I got a 70 in locksmithing, so. And I got 17. Nice. All right, so when you open it up, there is a statue of a Buddha. Mm-hmm. Made there, out of gold? It's, you could make a roll. You don't really, it's uh, kind uh, of green, but you're not, you, you can't pick out the, the stone. And can, it's I use, can I use a praise? Yeah. Okay. You can always bite it. Ah, uh, 99. So I really don't. It's a million no. pounds, at least a million I have, pounds. I have no idea what that's worth. But it, it's rather cool to the touch. Mm. There is also a few stacks of uh, pound notes. Got a little bit of money in here. There it, is. I'll continue. Um, a few, few more, a few more bits of cash. Strange statue. Um, and oh, look at this, Jason. <laughs> oh, the, the um, like I said, a book. The book has you. It, nothing is in in in. You got to flip flop through the whole thing to find any of the. Uh, there are some ta uh, tablets. Um, very small, jet black in color, perfectly smooth stones, the size of a man's finger joint. Gentlemen, with the stuff that, that our, our friends have gotten themselves into, I'm, I'm suddenly of a, the opinion that I don't want to touch any of these things. Hmm. <laughs> I mean, the, the documents perhaps read through them, but... Why would they put these little stones in here if they were not dangerous or extremely valuable? Probably a wise decision given uh, some of the activities our, our cohorts have been, been through over the years. There's also a coiled serpent made of metal, copper, would would any of older folklore knowledge at all see any similarities here? Would there be any sort of connection maybe made? Uh, make a roll. Perhaps in the library we can find out something. Oh, no. <laughs> Not with that. <laughs> or for yeah, 73. And there's, uh, there's a couple other items in there, but another one that stands out is a... A, um, a gold ring with an Egyptian hieroglyphic seal on it. Uh, any paperwork? Like you Not, said, there were notepads. Uh, yeah, there's some. Some there is some notepads if you want to spend a quantity of time reading them. But if you want to just skim it real quick. Well, what I'll do is I'll I'll sort of skim it real quick to see what 
what they are. If they've got a bunch of dates and things, I, then, then I might go more in depth. If they're just like, like he was writing a book or something. Yeah, it's like a journal. And the first page you pick up in, in big, bold letters, it says, if you are reading this, the objects contained within my private vault are not for mortal hands to touch. Oh, geez. Now I touched that, that green Buddha there. Except for the green Buddha. No. <laughs> um, and it, <coughs> the, the Buddha felt very like a chill to the touch, by the way, when you touched it. Not eerie, not creepy feeling off of it, just cool to the touch. Then you turn the page and there's a detailed list of all the items contained in the safe. And then each one has a little story. All right. What I, what I will it. suggest then is that we take the pad and we seal back up the, the safe and put it back. And we'll leave that for later because that, that could get into a whole bunch of... Uh, it's obviously unrelated to the case that we're working on. It's obviously unrelated to the case that we're working on. Um, and then I'll go to the other safe. Reed, can okay. I try your hand at uh, cracking the safe? Oh, <laughs> uh, maybe with my Webley, but that's about all I'm good for with that. Well, um, I could teach you. <laughs> yeah, I'll have a go. Rubs me hands, and I go, Markham, what's the combination? <laughs> <laughs> and it. Malcolm tells you the combination. <laughs> you open it up. And um, there's a little bit more money. There's a locket with a picture of his mother in it. And, and then there is also two small Derringers. Uh, late, you know, pearl and, and silver inlaid, very nice looking weapons. Hmm. And that's all that's really in there. Of, of Brand's mother or Hudson's mother? Hudson. Is there, uh, open the locket, is there anything inside the locket? Just, just a um, cameo of, you know, the uh, silhouette. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then uh, uh, Malcolm says, there is also one other room that I don't think anyone is aware of. It is the safe room. Uh, if you go over here and he brings you to the library, you see that painting? Mm -hmm. And it's kind of like on an angle on the wall. He goes, that's a viewing port. Behind there is a room that can be locked from the inside, almost like a vault door. It has food and water for two weeks, candles, reading material, and toiletries. Remarkable. And it also has a, a breathing grate, an air grate that leads to the, you know, it's too small to climb through, but it, it feeds air from the street level. So if, it, if the house was ever under attack, the lady and myself were told to hide there. Obviously, we figure out how to open the door and get in. Yeah, yeah, he shows you the whole procedure. Okay. So, that's in, in, just in case incident. In the library, does it seem like anything's been recently pulled out and looked through or worked on? Is there like a library table with a stack of books on it that they were last using maybe? 
Well, you do see there is a, um, a few newspapers on the table opened up. If you want to take a look at them. Oh, certainly. You pick it up and it talks about the, um, I'm sorry, the Finian movement and the uh, bombings. It's kind of like circled and they're trying to, ch it's, it's kind of trying to, what you, you appear to see is it's trying to link the Greens and the Finians together. And then link, linking them to the, uh, there was an explosion in London uh, about seven months ago that killed 46 people, women and children. A bomb went off at a train station. Oh, yes, we remember that. And it would appear Bull's earlier assessment of uh, some connection between the Greens and the Finians was well substantiated. Uh, yeah, you believe so. Well, it's obviously this was what they were working on here. I wonder if uh, Sergeant Parlow will uh, be able to shed any light on to maybe any sort of Finian and Green connection. Oh, he might, but we'll have to, I think we might have to save that for when he's next on duty. And I'm thinking, it's, well, you've been doing all this reading. Is there nothing? Nothing. I mean, Bare Knuckle Bill got knocked think, out two days ago. So there's nothing in the papers about it? In the newspapers? Yeah, any notes on, on there or anything like that? Well, I don't know. Has it actually been reported to the police? Um, well, you don't think Albie reported it to the police. And if, if he was managing himself... There's not really anybody to say he's missing. When is his next fight scheduled? Oh, well, I'm talking, what I'm talking about, it's not so much him being missed, but about the fight. Because oh, the kind of money went south, you know, I'm thinking there's got to be somebody in there. I mean, look, the punters on these things, they're not small chick, just the small guys who like we talk to in a pub. This is big money, people. We got like lords and ladies are going to be laying off money on this kind of stuff. Well, did, did Chase never say there wasn't anything in the newspaper? I, well, I imagine no. there would have to be tons of stuff in the newspaper. This, these are like underground fights and stuff. This isn't uh, like, you know. So that, that was an illegal fight that really right. would have been reported. Okay. Right. If he would have been found strung up somewhere, I'm sure it would have made a newspaper. But the people making the bets don't want other people to know they're betting and people laying out the, you know, taking the bets don't want publicity. This was not an up and up legitimate fight. It was right. an underground fight. Probably. Yeah, Bo's Bo's slowly chugging through this. Keep talking. <laughs> he's, well, he's coming. He's, he's thinking. What do we actually know so far? We know that he's missing. Uh, we know that uh, he's reported missing by a little boy who used to hang around. We know that the boy hung around with him because Mr. Smith at his place said that he did. Uh, we know that there was a big burly fellow that visited him at the apartment complex. And... And we know that a number of ball-headed men, big ball-headed men, visited him right after the fight. Yes. 
Well, I'm thinking we're looking at a lot of nobblers and bludgers, probably. And we knew that picking up after the afterwards. So you know, I'm 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 trying to put this together because look, I've been I've been the rounds. You know, there's always more than one gang involved. Sometimes there's three or four. I'm just saying, major principles, you know. Sometimes they kind of club together a little bit too. So we know there's this Irish lot, to some degree anyway, and there's at least one potential other lot with this Lady O in the middle of it, if I'm getting what you're saying right. And it seems to me that although the Greens would know what's going on, so would the other parties, and there'd be a lot of word out on the streets. And I'm thinking, if Reed and I kind of walk the streets a little bit, seeing that we're real locals around here, maybe we'll pick up some scuttlebutt. Well, at the moment I was trying to avoid any kind of scuttlebutt, as you put it. Um, and just focus on what we do know. But you are correct. And I shall, of course, do some gambling. Uh, there's quite a few places that I'm sure the Greens uh, inf frequent or well, perhaps a little, run. A little bit of Greens and keeping the old King Lears going. Well, I, I would suggest that uh, at some point, now may not be the uh, right time, but at some point we we conduct a surveillance operation on these greens, find out where they go to, find out who they associate with, and perhaps that'll lead us to, uh, well, the lady or bare knuckle bill. That could be quite dangerous though, because they're expecting people to be watching them. They're watching for people to be watching them. And, and are, we, are we detectives or are we not detectives? I, I don't think Mr. Hudson or Mr. Brand would have uh, shied away from, from the most uh, direct and... Uh, and Mr. Brand and Mr. Hudson are now dead. Well, so we like I said, it may not be the right time, but eventually we might have to conduct a surveillance operation on this, these individuals. I, I, I agree. However, I'm not one to follow the rules. Following the rules will get you killed. What uh, rules are, are there? I, I'm talking about... That detectives do what detectives do and criminals do what criminals do. I say detectives should do what criminals do. Uh, I, I've always felt that detectives should always do what criminals... What detectives should do and then criminals should do what criminals do. <laughs> One thing's for certain, though. If, if we... The closer we get to the Greens and the Finian movement... Um, at some point, they may take notice of it, us if we're not careful. So we we might need to have to keep an eye out, making sure we're not followed or pinned down. Well, one, one thing's one thing's clear to me: we can't simply go about asking around about the greens. But we do have the fortunate uh, company of Bull, who has a good history um, in the ring, and uh, certainly. Mr. Fletcher is able to blend in very well. So perhaps through a means of putting down our own bets, maybe on a future fight, we can get closer to this organization. You hear a thumping on the door. Somebody's thumping on the door. Open up. Uh, Markham, the door. Uh, I, 
step around the corner from the door so I'm out of sight when the door opens. And uh, Malcolm opens the door and he's like, um, um, sirs, uh, I, I do believe the police are here. Hmm. What does that say for him again? Uh. <laughs> well, Markham, uh, uh, what do they want? Uh, uh, he says his name is a Mr. Parlow. Now bring him in, bring him in. Yes. I'm uh. going to kind of get out of the room. If he brings uh, up Mr. Smith, I don't know who that is. <laughs> Sergeant Parlow. Ah, it's been a while. And he t takes his hat off. He's like, you know, reaches out his hand to shake hands. Ah, Mr. Williams, Reed, how are you? Uh, Mr. Brockworth, um, and your name, sir? Uh, Benedict? Yes, Benedict. Benedict Allerton. I've had the uh, uh, fortunate company of working with some of your other, other fine officers. Benedict, Benedict. Just the man I'm here to see. How can um, we assist you? Well, uh, this is, uh, you know, unofficial business. Just here, to, you know, to p pay my respects for uh, the agency. But um, I was... Uh, Doing, you know, the end, the roll call at the end of the night, checking in with the, all the bobbies, making sure they, uh, you know, they survived their shift for the day. And one of them, uh, there was a little um, discussion going on a uh, with a couple of the officers, and they were uh, saying that uh, they overheard something down at the uh, castle, uh, Elephant and Castle. And, it was, you know, I just wanted to bring it to your attention, but... Um, said something about the bartender and a couple of the greens uh, talking and they overheard your name. Well, it's no surprise we were down there earlier and I had certainly inquired as to the greens. It's uh, a bit of a necessity in this line of work, as I'm sure you can understand. Uh, well, you know, um, most of my personal men can be trusted, but, uh, you know, money changes hands every day in this city and it's a grim place. One of my, you know, one of the guys I trust just said, uh, you know, something, you know, they were asking about you. I don't know of the extent, but uh, a bartender down there is a shifty, shifty bastard. Well, Mr. Paulo, I can assure you this isn't the first time my colleagues and I have run into danger and uh, we aren't going to get anywhere sitting around this house uh, simply simply shuffling through old papers. Some investigative work needs to be done, and obviously we would appreciate any help you could aid in, in that particular endeavor. Well, all I know is I'm, I'm a copper, and I wouldn't go messing around with O'Rourdon. Who's that? O'Rourdon. O'Rourdon. The uh, head of the Greens? I, uh, I'll take a quick look over at uh, my colleagues as perhaps they're having a similar thought as I am as, as to the last name, but uh, I'll say that's, that's an interesting, uh, it's an interesting last name. Rorden, he's, he's a local around here, the, the head of the Greens, you say? Oh, absolutely. Rorden doesn't sign his letters with a, just an O by any chance. Has he, anyone taken notice? I've uh, never seen him sign anything, actually. Usually keeps his hands clean from any of... That's why we can't nail him, because he seems to 
never be where the body is or never seems to be where the raid is, never seems to be where the evidence is. Uh, but this Mr. O'Rourden, does he, uh, does he come out in public often? Does uh, he, he travel around the city or is he mostly, mostly a discreet figure? I travels like he owns the place. Yeah, very good. So uh, wouldn't wouldn't be a surprise wouldn't be a surprise to see him down at uh, down at a, a flight or or something of that nature. Oh, at the uh, over at the Cooperage. Oh yes, uh, if certain illegal illegal activities were to be taking place, perhaps they would be uh, they'd be taking place at the Cooperage. Yeah, whenever there's a fight, he's always there. Him and that big gorilla he he hangs around with. I was going to ask about that, Sergeant. Uh, is there one particular individual who's uh, uh, described also as a beast? Uh, he's about six foot ten, about three hundred and fifty pounds. His name's Mister Seams, or at least that's the moniker he goes by. Rumor has it he ripped off one of the in a bar fight. He ripped off the gentleman's arm and beat him to death with it. Clean out of the shoulder. Seams. That's that's the moniker he goes by, Mister Seams. Does this Mister O'Riordan or Rodden have a wife? I do not know. Well, why, why do you ask? Well, I'm just curious because you know, lad like that. He's always probably going to be walking around with a bit of skirt on his arm, I would think. I oh, just wondered if he had a missus that hangs out there or a doxy that he holds. Not that, uh, not that I can ever recall. He's always with the tarts, though. <laughs> Who isn't? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in my off time, I do too, but such is life in London. I hope you've always sent her regards. <laughs> I mean, he's seen with the real, you know, carpet layers, the ones that walk around with the carpet under their arm. Mm -hmm. Dip out into a little alley and take care of business, like the Ooh, lowest. Dolly uh, Mops? you got to be kidding me. Yep. Yeah, well, there you go. I'm, I'm more in the line of the prima donnas myself. Who can afford the prima donnas? <laughs> well, let's just, let's just say my auntie voice says I can charm the knickers off a nun. <laughs> and they laugh. Officer, I, I don't know if uh, if your men would be willing to keep keep their ears to the ground for us, but uh, we we happen to be looking into the recent disturbance of, or excuse me, the disappearance of uh, Mr. Bare Knuckle Bill himself. I don't know if you're aware of that. Yeah, well, I figured he was just laying low. So many people lost money on him. I'm sure people are, if he walks down the street, he's a nice guy, you know, but I'm sure people losing a week's salary or two on them, people will be throwing rotten cabbage on them. That's a fair theory. We just, uh, we were approached by, by a young lad that uh, had some concerns of his own. Usually he, he's seen Bill by now and uh, hasn't seen him for a number of days. Um, well, I, I can look into that if you want, you know, stop by the station in a day or so. Um, I can see what, you know. Well, we we would be much appreciative. Certainly, we'll uh, happy to follow up with you in a day or so. If if you men hear anything, it'd be of much use to us. 
All right. Yeah, I'll, I'll look into that. I'll see if there's anything I can uh, get out of anybody. Everybody else doing okay here? Yeah, we're uh, we're very glad you stopped by. Well, actually, Sergeant, I do have one question for you. Sure. Maybe you can. Who are the Greens' biggest rivals? Hmm. Well, in this area, they pretty they're pretty much took they took over. They've been getting some help. Uh, not quite sure who it's from, but uh, maybe some bigger players because over the last year or so, they've pretty much taken you know fifty block radius is theirs. Nobody, you know, you have your small time you know, street urchins and stuff, but they all pay them, you know, they give a vig to them, so. Yeah, yeah. I'm but I'm figuring, well, it's nice to know they got some help, and like you say, you don't know who that is, right? So, uh, that's kind of interesting. How, how big, did, how fast did the Greens get big? You know, it's funny that you bring that up, too. We were just talking about that uh, a few months ago, actually. They seem to be, you know, uh, kind of nobody's, or you know, they they used to get their you know towels kicked up and down the streets, you know, sometimes. About ah, maybe six to eight months ago, they uh, they just uh, they just kind of took over. Is that when the Finian movement started taking root, or so? Ah, uh, the Finian movement that's been on and off for for years. I mean, that dates back many a year. Um, we, I don't know if there's a direct connection between the Greens and the Finians. Um, and, you know, the Finian movement, they're struggling for money themselves. They're organized, but they're not well-funded. They're do, more of an anarchist level. Do the Greens control the uh, Cooperage and all the uh, illegal fights uh, that are occurring in the area? Oh, the Cooperage is the Greens' territory. Would you, I mean, have you identified any other locations that they, uh, we, we, we think that they frequent the uh, Elephant Castle and. Yeah, the Elephant and, ca and, and Castle, they drink at, but I don't think they, they don't own it. They just happen to hang out there a lot, frequent that place a lot. But I'm pretty sure that the uh, Cooperage would be probably their base of operations. I've been ordered not to touch it, so we leave it alone. Right. Are, uh, yeah. are some cops in the pay? Oh, absolutely. And to be honest, since the Greens took over, gang activity and, and, and violent activity in the area has, has, has been cut nearly in half. You know, a lot, most people are afraid to, to act on things. And then the ones that do pay, pay a, an honorage fee to the Greens. So, right. so looking at that, because that's, that's the very nature of things around the villains. I know that, you know, they go in. It's kind of like one gang is good, two gangs is one too many. So who'd have the biggest soapy bubble and grief with the Greens? Who got pushed out? Who might be moving back in or trying to? Hmm. He thinks for a moment, he goes, there were the bloody roosters. Oh, that little lie. But there's only a handful of them left. The Greens took them out in one night. One night? Yeah, they... Um, Massacre. About 
23 men slit their throat. Straight Dear razors. God. But, like, my, you know, the higher-ups tell us to leave them alone. I'm sure somebody up top's getting paid off, but at the same time, illegal activities, you know, I don't want to say all but ceased, but let's face it. If, you know, if my job's easier and the men's job is easier, who's to complain? I'm not on the take. Otherwise, I'd be affording those higher, those higher mistresses, but... With the... With the roosters, would they would they have enough muscle to maybe do some pushing back? Or would they need some help? I don't think they could do a push up. Never mind pushing back at this point. Yeah, with twenty three of their members with slit throats, that's a devastating blow. They they, they all but splintered and 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 went to the you know, and a lot of them were absorbed right into the greens. Oh, really? So the greens have kind of tied up this whole uh, area in a nice little package. Yep. Um, it, it, just a curiosity: Have you ever heard of any any uh, lady associated with the, uh, or someone referred to as a lady associated with the greens? Hmm. Can't say as I have. Hmm. Never. No. That's a mystery. Yeah, it's all rum doings, that's for sure, Sergeant. Mrs. Levi, get get Hudson's cat out of air. <laughs> Anything else you want to ask this the officer? No, I think I'm done. Sir, I believe well, that's all. Thank you, right, Sergeant. We'll get we'll get with you in a couple of days. See how the, how it's all going. All right. Now, unless uh, there's anything else you want to do, I think uh, the next you know next course of action would be to check out the Cooperage, and we could pick that up on our next adventure. Excellent. Yep. Got sure. some talking to do amongst ourselves, but you're, yeah. You're muted, Tom. Yeah. Tom, you're muted. So we're going to call it there then. All right. I believe so. Unless you had any other questions for uh, Sergeant Parlow. I wasn't there with that. I left the room. <laughs> yeah. yeah but, but basically all we need is a little bit of talking time amongst ourselves to kind of get our thoughts in order. Yeah. Yeah. You guys could do that now too, if you want, that'll, that'll be fine. Well, let's, let's do it in the beginning of the next one. All right. Uh, well, it'll sort of refresh our memories. Our players included Joshua Hook, Kevin Glazner, Raymond Offord, Stuart Lipley, and myself with Jason Melnichok. Was that right? Jason Melnichok is Keeper of the Secrets. We're currently producing up to four shows a week with music and sound effects added in post-production in order to create a richer listener experience. We provide audio-only versions of our shows free for you to download from Podbean or iTunes. If you'd like to become a patron, visit our Patreon account. Just a dollar to a month helps us a lot. You can find a link in the description below. Like, share, and subscribe to our channel and punch that bell icon for updates on our latest shows. And leave us some comments. We enjoy reading them and answering any questions you might have. This is Tom Rayleigh, together with all the members of our gaming club, inviting you to journey with us once again into the darkness for another adventure into the universe of H.P. Lovecraft and the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. Until next time, good luck, good gaming.